City of Heroes podcast, episode 40. Welcome to the City of Heroes podcast, a resource for the casual heroes gamer. Your hosts, Chooch and Viv, are here to explain basic and advanced features of COH, as well as give tips and answer your questions about this great MMO. Welcome, everybody, to episode 40, which is the one-year mark of City of Heroes podcast. Episode 40, no, doesn't quite equal 52 weeks for a year. No. But we've had some bonus episodes. We've had lots of special episodes. Hi, everybody. I'm Viv. I'm Chooch. Forgetful Chooch. And clearly we missed a few, but we said we were going to, so there we go. Yeah. (laughs) Very happy to be back. Yes. To be speaking on the mic. Yes, we missed you guys. (laughs) Thank goodness for Twitter and the forums and getting to interact with you guys. Mm -hmm. Yay. We have a lot. Consider yourself warned. There's a lot of news. There is the next special segment, part three of the IO discussion that Fantastic Foe put together for us. Fantastically fantastic foe. <laughs> and then, of course, some feedbacks. Yes. So it's lengthy. I don't want to hear no shenanigans. <laughs> I don't want to hear any shenanigans about how long it is. It's not all feedback. <laughs> if you don't want to listen to it all in one go, I don't blame you because we're not going to edit it all in one go. <laughs> We may end up splitting this one. I don't know. Yeah, well, we'll that's see. been how it's been going, so I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> so here we go. News. Actually, first, let's start with business. I like Business. Let's do some business. Let's talk about us. Our mm-hmm. rundown is, it's a crazy month. We're going to get an episode out to you again sometime this month, hopefully. Mm-hmm. It might not be until December, so enjoy this nice long one. I would say it probably is not going to be until December. Right. We've been doing NaNoWriMo, which means you need, it's like write a novel in a month. 50,000 words. That's a lot of writing. Yeah. And And we're already behind. Way behind. We're like 10,000 words behind. So yeah, this may be the only November. Right. So this may be the only one in November. If they do launch I-13 this month, then we will do a special episode. I just don't know how long after. Because we could, okay, here's the thing, guys. I got a job. Yeah, I got a job. And Chooch's work has picked up, so he's got more hours. Yay! Well, it's not as cool because he doesn't get paid hourly. It yeah, kind of stinks. Same. Yeah. But he's got more hours. I have a job. We have a lot less time. Mm-hmm. So it's not by choice. Okay, the NaNoWriMo is by choice, but that's more of a goal that we set for ourselves a long time ago, so we yeah. have to do it. Yeah. So. And come to think of it, I think there is a good chance I-13 will It will probably... Launch. I'm pretty sure because they just launched the open beta, which is a news item. So we'll get to it. Yeah. But we're going to get episodes out to you guys as often as we can. We are totally addicted. We're like crack monkeys addicted to this podcast. We love, (laughs) we love recording it. We love putting it out. We love the feedback. We love you guys. We're not pod fading, but the episodes are going to be a little further apart for a little while, which is what we had said before. Yeah. 
But here we are dedicating most of a Saturday <laughs> to you guys. <laughs> and we've got some outdated news here, folks. Just bear with me. This one's from October the 15th. Gaming website MMORPG.com hosts an exclusive first look at video and screenshots from I-13 Power and Responsibility that highlight the new sets, Shields and Pain Domination. If you're not familiar with these coming power sets, find out more information in our website game update section. Issue 13 Power and Responsibility. So there's a video and I showed it to you. Do you remember it? I do. It's cool, right? It was very cool. Made me want to build a shield tanker. Oh, yeah. Really made me want to build a shield tanker, which is frustrating when I've got a level 30 something you know, <laughs> tanker already. <sighs> October 17th, Castle comments on issue 13 power sets on Massively. Senior designer Floyd Castle Grubb talks with Massively.com about the coming new power sets included in issue 13. Power and Responsibility, Shields, and Pain Domination. This follows on the release of a new video and screenshots of these new power sets. Here's an excerpt. Can you explain the basic process for getting new powers like these into the game? Our basic process is we come up with the idea for how we want the power set to progress, then spec out individual powers as far as what we want them to do. We send them to the animation department and they make things look cool, <laughs> while we fiddle with numbers establishing an initial balance point. Once we have the final visual effects, we do another balance pass and then send it off for testing. And then there's a link for the whole gosh darn article. Mm. Explains how they came up with pain domination for villains, which is basically just that villains aren't empathetic and should not be given empathy power set. But the players really wanted empathy or at least certain aspects of it. So they sat down and kicked around some ideas and came up with pain domination. Mm hmm. Castle is asked, what made you decide to put in shields? Do you think any certain type of player will enjoy these? And Castle replies, a while back, we ran a poll on the forums asking which power sets players were most looking forward to. Shields won. Mm -hmm. So there you go for feedback for the game, giving players what they want. They weren't able to deliver them at the time. And they used issue 12 Cimarron NPC group as a test bed for shields and ironed out most of the kinks leaving them able to deliver shields as a power place at an I-13. As for the types, he says Viking warriors, medieval knight type characters, as well as those who are looking to create new unique characters. Combining shields with current powers and costume pieces just continues to expand the character options. He says pain domination is a perfect fit for both corruptors and masterminds with the caveat that it may be too good for the latter. We're watching closely during the beta period to ensure that things remain in balance. Shields are a fantastic tanker set. They work well for brutes and scrappers too, but tankers whose main role lies in helping to protect other members of their teams will see the best benefit of powers like Grant Cover, which adds a defense to teammates near the user. Mm. Nice. He's asked, what do you think is the coolest villain power and the coolest hero power in the game right now? And Castle says, I still think <laughs> Ghost Widow's Soul Storm power is the coolest power on villain side. Players who select her as a patron get a version of that power as well. I just love the visuals of it. On the hero side, I've always been a fan of the Battle Axe set. And again, we'll have the link if you guys want to read the whole article. I just pulled out my favorite bits. On October 29th, issue 13, New Missions, 10-Ton Hammer Exclusive. Gaming website 10tonhammer.com presents an exclusive first look at development diary from City of Heroes senior game designer Bruce Harlick, designing the new missions in I-13, Power and Responsibility. 
In the article, readers get a behind-the-scenes look at how the new missions included in the coming free expansion I-13 were designed. Here's an excerpt. How, do you, how would you pronounce this, Chooch? D-A-E-D-A-L-U-S. Daedalus? Daedalus. Daedalus. He's without data? <laughs> Sorry. Different kind of data. Since Daedalus is the Cimarron version of Positron and the greatest craftsman of his age, I wanted his second arc to feature some sort of crafting or item creation. So the first act has the hero investigating a threat. The second act sends the hero to create a device to help protect Cimarora from the threat. And the final act lets the hero protect Cimarora while Daedalus employs the device to prevent the threat from reoccurring. In the second mission, the crafting mission, I delved deeper into our dialogue tree system and had a lot of fun writing the Cray Energy Fabricator Mark I. Although it is only a machine, I could hear its voice and get a sense for its personality as I wrote its dialogue. I think the sequence there works better than a, quote, get the salvage and go to an invention table, quote, type of crafting mission. And they've got a link to the whole article. And then they also link to the Ask a Dev article on Bruce Harlick. So go check that out if you're interested. Also on October 29th, Matt Miller talks to GameZone.com about issue 13. And the quote from that one is, what other little goodies are you packing into I-13 that maybe you haven't talked about yet? And Posse says, we've done a lot of quality of life features like revamping the badge UI or tweaking the locations of some NPCs. A good chunk of this time was spent setting up this year's Halloween event, and that is taking place on the live servers right now. This year's holiday event features some new ski runs for players to try out in Pocket D. Mm -hmm. And then I actually did go to GameZone.com and pull out a few interesting bits that I found. Was that Posse? Yeah. Posse has asked, tell us about the new power sets and changes to the existing sets. Will issue 13 offer something for everyone? Matt says, that's a great question for our senior designer, Castle. Take it away. He talks about those power, the new power sets. And then he says, some of the changes here include a large re-engineering of the Chaldean Peacebringer and Warshade archetype characters. Mm -hmm. Additions and modifications to the invulnerability and energy aura power sets as well as a major change to the way defensive toggle powers are handled in general. The next question is, what other little goodies are you packing in that you may not have talked about, which we just did. <laughs> so that was the most, to me, the most interesting thing. It was new information that we hadn't seen before. We'd kind of seen it before, but there you go. <laughs> next on October 30th, we have the announcement battle of good versus evil coming to the Mac which is now old news because <laughs> they've actually, what they did was they partnered with trans gaming incorporated to bring the award winning city of heroes franchise to the Apple Mac. The Mac version will be available for public beta testing with the release of the game's 13th free expansion. I 13. And then there's another announcement about how it's going to come to a closed beta test and how you can participate and enter your information, which we'll have, I've got a link up to that in the show notes as well. Mm -hmm. Basically, as you may be aware, recently announced it, just like the good versus evil edition of the game, the Mac version will include some special in-game items, including mission teleporter power. Players can mm -hmm. save time and get right into the action by teleporting directly to their active mission. Wow. I want a Mac. That's pretty awesome. Exclusive Valkyrie costume set. Costume pieces include two varieties of wings, a cape, a skirt kilt, pants, boots, shoulders, chest, 
gloves, belts, and helmet with multiple details. They should have special opera singing emotes, too. <laughs> Kill the wabbit. <laughs> These items will be available separately for purchase in early 2009 for customers who are not playing on a Mac. That's what's fair. Yeah. Mission teleporter power. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm so rocking that. We'll have further details of these exciting options, including screenshots in the near future. And then they say, we need your help testing. Um, the testing is available to existing players of City of Heroes. If you have a City of Heroes account in good standing, have access to a compatible Apple Mac, and are interested in participating, here's what you need to do. Point your web browser to, and then it gives the link. I'm not going to read it because mm -hmm. it's a bunch of slashes. Mm -hmm. And then enter your information, and that's it. From those who enter, we'll be selecting participants. The closed beta of the Mac version is starting very soon. And we're looking forward to your participation. And then there was a question that Positron asks. No, you, I think the question had been, do you have to buy, go out and buy it? Another mm -hmm. version of it. Posi says, no, you will be able to just download the client for the Mac with no cost involved. No exclusive goodies if you do it that way, though. Mm -hmm. If you have an active COH subscription, you can play on Mac or PC, which is very cool. That's something that you've been wanting. Mm -hmm. We have other friends that would play if it played on a Mac. Right. And to answer another question while I'm here, yes, these are all on the same servers as the PC players. There are no Mac-only servers. PC users will be able to play and team with their Mac friends. Bringing the two together. It's like a, it's like a melting pot yeah. of Mac and PC. Back on October 30th, there's the announcement. Starting this afternoon, Friday, November 7th, we have sent out invitations to existing City of Heroes customers who expressed interest to join the closed beta. If you've not yet registered and are interested, please see the announcement for details on how to sign up, and it points to the other one. Mm -hmm. So you can still register for that. That's why I went ahead and read it. Also because it's got the goodies in there. <laughs> <laughs> so you can still, if you've already registered for it, uh, check your emails for an invitation if you haven't seen one. And if you have a Mac and you want to do it, go sign up and then you can, you know, muck about and help them get it online faster. Yeah. And there's also a link to the existing Mac closed beta thread that mm -hmm. you can go and chit chat with. One important thing to note is this is only for Intel Macs. If you have an older Mac that runs on a PowerPC processor, uh, it's not going to work. Really? So it does require OS X, but it is Intel only. Oh, okay. There are a few ways to run the game on a Mac. The most common way is through boot camp, which most OS X users will know. It's a way to dual boot. So you actually have to shut your machine down and then boot it up into Windows. It's much... For me, that's just too inconvenient. Right. I like to stay in the Mac environment. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people could, you know, it doesn't matter. They just swap back and forth all the time. And a lot of people will play through Crossover, which uses the Wine emulator, which was originally a Linux project that got it ported over to Mac, and it has a lot of bugs and a lot of problems. Mm. Now, it says that they teamed with Transgaming. Mm. Transgaming actually makes a, con a commercial version of Wine. So they're actually using the same technology that a lot of people play the game with now. Mm. The good news is the way they do it, it's packaged like any other Mac program. So it's just one icon, one file, click it, it launches and it plays. Yeah. It's not like, you know, you're not launching wine and then launching something else. And so it's a lot easier in that way. 
but they're doing all this beta testing to to get rid of those bugs. Cool. So all the problems people were having with wine or having with with crossover, you won't have those problems, which is awesome. So it, it'll be cool to have a good stable Mac client, even if it is using an emulation, not emulation, but wine. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I like wine. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it. Cool. And then on Halloween, we had Happy Anniversary City of Villains. I remember the launch like it was yesterday. We were supposed to have the day off that year due to our president going crazy with holidays for the company. Mm. But with COV launching that same day, we all came in and had a wonderful Halloween leveling up villains of our own on the live servers. Mm -hmm. And nothing (laughs) server-wise blew up. A great time was had by all. Happy anniversary, COV, from Positron. <laughs> and yes, from us too. Happy anniversary, villains. <laughs> Thanks for bringing bases with you. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> and plant control. Don't forget plant control. Plant control is awesome. And on November 5th, we have the announcement that I-13 enters open beta. Open beta. Open beta. No invitation required. No. <laughs> the open beta for I-13 Power and Responsibility is now available to all our City of Heroes and City of Villains players. To check out the open beta, all you need to do is log into the training room test server. If you're not familiar with the process to access the test server, please read this post. How to get on the test server and character copy tool. Kind of a pain in the butt. They might have fixed it. You don't know. There are some hurdles that are annoying. You don't know. They might have fixed it. Mm -hmm. When we did it 30 months ago or however long, (laughs) it was a pain in the butt. Maybe they've improved it. Just so people don't expect to walk in and click an icon and then now they're going to have a a test server in the list of servers. Doesn't quite work like that. No, it's a separate. You got to do some copying and just so you know, it takes a little time. So make sure you read the link. Yeah, definitely. Mr. Your gloom and doom over here. Also, please keep in mind that this is a beta version, which means you might encounter bugs or other gameplay issues. We strongly encourage you to report them using the slash bug command in game, and we'll be happy to collect any comments you might want to share with us on our official boards. Your feedback is very valuable to us. And then they give us three links one for the training room test server discussion, one for I 13 feedback and discussion open, one for I 13 bugs open. Have fun. And that was from Lighthouse, I'm thinking. Now, I'm not going to read the beta patch notes right. for the training room. Mm-hmm. Because they can always make a change. Yes. Even if it's a small one, I don't think any of us want me to sit here and read patch notes for an hour and then read them again when it goes live. Yes. But there were a few items that made me squeak. <laughs> Keep in mind, these are spoilers and these are things that may change before it goes live. Mm-hmm. But I want to make you guys squee too. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to talk about a few items. I didn't get to go romp around as much as I wanted to because we wanted to get down here and start recording. But I will tell you that the first thing, what I did was I copied over my level 50 healer because I have an old version of her over there. The first thing I noticed when I logged her in was that I had a new alert as it stands now when a contact as, and what that means is as the version now stands, 
Mm-hmm. When you log in and you have a new contact, a pop-up will notify you of it. I received a notification for the new contact in Simarora, which was Daedalus, and also for Percy Winkley, which I don't know if there's a new chain or if it's the old one and I never did it on her. So <laughs> very nice. I also got information regarding the day job since I had logged out in the tailors. So there was a pop-up explaining I was earning a bonus for being logged there and explained the new gold icon under my health bar. When I hovered over it, it was it showed that I was designated as being, quote, day job fashion designer, which is the way they've got it set up, I think, is very cool. You don't have to wonder, am, am I standing in the right place? Yeah. It tells you you're in the right place, and it even tells you what you're going to be accruing time for. Idiot proof. Very cool. And I really... I was, I was glad that I was logged there because I wasn't going to go seek that out. That wasn't one of the things I was going to seek out. So I was, mm-hmm. it was cool to see how easy it was. And the pop-up even said, go talk to X and so to talk about, to cool. find out more. Another very cool touch was that I wanted to look through my, ba- my badges because one of the things that the patch notes stated that I will share here was that they had added a progress bar and better descriptions on how to earn badges that require multiple events to occur, like X X amount of debt to work off or, you know, this many of that to get this badge. They did not do that for invention, and there was something else. So you're not going to be able to look and see, okay, I've done three damage, and now I need to do two of this kind to get that badge. It's not telling you that because I did look to see that. It's one of the things I hate about inventions is the badge system. But what it would do was tell you, okay, you need exactly, because it was kind of mysterious before, do I have half a bar? How much does that equal towards, you know, the 10 million debt badge? Mm -hmm. The other reason I wanted to check out the badges was because, and this is big. Yeah. Top Dog is no longer on top of the globe. You don't have to start with a flying power. You can get it right away. Lies. Oh. That wasn't it. This is an April Fool's. No <laughs> shenanigans, my friend. No, this is the big... You're such a dork. <laughs> Steal my thunder. This is really big. I actually had some posts in the forums about, okay, Viv, Brace yourself. <laughs> brace yourself. Smelling salts. Have them on hand. They finally corrected, or I shouldn't say finally, as if I expected. I never expected them to do this. No. They corrected the error on the empath badge. Mm-hmm. Remember a long time ago we said it was supposed to be a hundred million... And they accidentally put an extra zero in there. So it was a billion points that you had to heal others mm-hmm. before you unlocked the empath badge. So now instead of a billion, it needs a hundred million. Big difference. So woohoo, come on everybody. <laughs> come on all you healers out there. Woohoo. It uh, kind of puts it in reach. It puts yeah. it in a lot closer reach sort of. So it's I wanted still to, a lot of it's healing. still a lot. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, I bet I've got some good progress with all the hammy raids and the Richty raids and blah, da, 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 da. So I logged in. That was one of the main reasons I took the time to get that big old patch on the test server and move her over and log in was to see the progress bar and see how specific it is. What it is, is you hover over the progress bar now and it, it specifically tells you how much and how much of a percentage you've done. For example, now I was very excited about the empath badge change and, you know, I learned that I never even earned the medicine woman badge. 
So here I thought that I had medicine woman and only mm-hmm. needed empath. I had kind of given up the ghost. It was one of those things where, no, I don't really want to play her. I'm never going to get all those badges anyways. The best badge I'll never attain. So I didn't really strive for it. Mm-hmm. So I only had medicine woman and I'm really, I'm not, I don't have medicine woman yet. And I'm really far off from that one. I was thinking I was a lot closer because of hero stats. Right. That was during my duh stage where I would finish the night. It would say four million healing points. Woohoo! You know, no, mm-hmm. that was before I realized that that's my output. It's not how much I actually did heal someone. For. Right. So I'm that's sitting what there. The little green lettering that's says. the green letter says times however many people are in range and you get that big floating bunch of numbers, but that doesn't count. It only counts how much you actually physically healed them for, how much their bar refilled from your heal. So they if they were already, already full, had damage, yeah. right. They had that their bar had to not be full for your heal to count at all. So what I found was that I'm currently have 13 million, 92,750 of the 50 million needed for medicine woman, which means I'm 26% of the way to medicine woman kill me. And I now know that I need about 87 million for the empath badge. Kill me now. (laughs) So if you ever doubted my claim not to have ever farmed for the healing badge, there's your proof. I have a pathetically (laughs) inadequate amount of healing. Mm. So I'm still not going to farm for it, but I'm, I'm not sure if I want to play my tanker or if I just want to heal, 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 heal. (laughs) So I may be shuffling my priorities and never, ever hit 50 ever again. (laughs) Frickin' empath badge. (laughs) Mm. Now, there was another thing that I discovered that I thought was really cool. Well, the first thing that you'll see is that they've changed the badge setup. Instead of having, um, you know, you hit the badge and then you get all these tabs across the top. Now it's like a drop down. And you'll see that there are some new ones. They've got some new categories. One of them is, one of the new categories is most recent. Now, when I logged in, I actually earned, we earned the new vet reward badge, the 30-month badge, yesterday. So I earned that when I logged in my healer. And so what pops up is, you know, you've earned the committed badge or whatever it is. So when you click on badges, it actually popped up with most recent, which is one of the new options, the new sorting features they give you. And it showed that I had earned that badge. And when I hovered over it, it showed the date that I earned it. And then you can go to the next tab and in order it's most recent, which is fantastic because how many times have you been in the middle of a big battle and you earn a badge, you have no idea what it said and you spend the next 10 minutes trying to ferret out okay, what did I just get? And it ends up being some gladiator that you don't care about. Mm -hmm. So you've got a thing that'll show you. And I don't know, I didn't research to find out if it's per session or if it's per day or what, but we'll find out, I'm sure. I'm sure maybe somebody's already figured that out that's been on there. So in order though, the tabs are most recent, exploration, history, accomplishment, achievement, accolades, gladiator, veteran, PVP, has its own category Mm. invention has its own category and then defeats events which will make it a lot easier you know next halloween and at the holiday and stuff like that i'm guessing and then also ouroboros wentworths and day jobs 
So Hmm. instead of having to go through, you know, you've got achievements and you've got everything in there, it's broken them out. So it's a little easier to find things. Someone in the beta chat, when I was on the training room server, did have a good suggestion, which was to have an all button where you could show all the badges in one. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. Because you still have to know exactly which category something falls into, but I still think it makes it easier. Does it change? Now, I don't know it has the categories, but are they in any specific order? I didn't spend that much time looking. Because being able to sort alphabetically. I didn't see that option, but I didn't. Huge. I had like five minutes. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I want to see. And there was a lot that I wanted to see. So I, you know, and the day jobs thing distracted me when I logged in and I was right there. And then the chat was there. And so I didn't play with the badges option. Right. But I mean, just the improvements that I saw in the five minutes I was on. Mm-hmm. Where you've got the day jobs and it shows you exactly where you are and what you're earning. You've got the contact pop up. You've got the um, the new badge sorting, which is a huge quality of life thing. That badge is... Trying to find the badge stuff has just been a nightmare. Now you can figure out, you know, okay, how much longer do I need to spend here? Because one of them was spend 120 minutes in this place. Mm-hmm. And it tells you how much longer you have, you know? So it those little things kind of help, I think, for the badge hunters. Mm-hmm. Another interesting item that I have that I really hope stays in is that players now have an option that can be set to stop earning any XP. Yeah. I didn't test it. Obviously I didn't have time to play anything, but that'll make it easier to group up for, you know, transcendence for abandoned sewer trials, for Eden trials, for all those things that you can level past. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a lot easier to get now. So yay. There was a lot of base stuff that I wanted to check out. They are doing huge changes to the base stuff. Of course, the base salvage is going away. They're making some changes on how you attain things and how you make things and all that stuff. I wanted to play with that. They slashed prices. Mm -hmm. So people are going to have to be able to have much more functional bases for a lot less money. I wanted to play with that. Didn't have time. Maybe before the next step, we can go in and play with that. I wonder if you turn off XP gain, what that does to prestige and influence. If it all goes to influence or if it's the same rate or if it's nothing. I Hmm. have no idea. And how it would affect the leveling packs too. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, how it would affect the leveling pacts. I kind of didn't enunciate there. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure you'll both turn off. There's a lot that I want to play around with, though, in there. I-13 is just, oof. Cannot wait. <laughs> and at the top, we were saying it's probably will be soon. Notice when you log off now, it downloads... Mm-hmm. The patch it preloads the patch, yeah. So that when it does go live, boom, you'll be on it. You yeah. won't have to wait for it. There may be a smaller patch. But, oh yeah, I'm sure there will be. But so the bulk of it's done, set there. Of course, all the balance things and tweak things all happen server side anyways. Yeah. It's just settings of the database. But it's a good sign that it's already preloaded, preloading. Totally. So I've got a long way to go for Empath. I was really excited, and then it's like 13 million. I gotta get 87 million more. That's a large amount of. Yeah. So 
it's much closer and I'm very grateful. And there are probably people that are going to log in and have that sucker show up. It ain't going to be me. <laughs> and there's going to be a lot of bad town people are going to be all pissed off. That yeah. I earned it doing my billion um, farming. Yeah. I'm, I'm really curious if anyone honestly was able to get the empath badge. Hon- no, I'm not going to say honestly. I'm going to say without farming. Right. And that's the one badge that I really felt super, super strong about not farming. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just, wow. And if you've been playing, you probably noticed on the splash screen, it says that they launched a new website. Not a new website. The they design, redesign. Yeah. And I was kind of underwhelmed. It. I think it looks a lot cleaner than the old one. It's clean. It's functional. Yeah. It's fast. The little menu things pop open really fast. Mm-hmm. It's smooth. It's just, I don't know. You were expecting Square bigger and bang. blocky and it's very late 90s web 1.0 blocky. Mm. I, I don't know. I like it. I think it's a big improvement over the old one. I spent. Yeah, a, I agree with that. I spent a lot of time there. I agree with that. And, and everything's there. I mean, everything's consistent and all that and. It's a, you know, it's definitely an improvement. Yeah. I just don't, it's just not my cup of tea. It's very colorful. For the amount of time <laughs> that I spent there, I have to say that I think it's light years ahead of what it was. Mm-hmm. May not be up to your standards, <laughs> but it's a big improvement that I'm happy with. It just looks, it's a lot more appealing visually, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you wanted to talk about a show. Oh, yeah. Take a little media break here. There's a new show. Well, new to me. I don't know how new it really is. That shows in the UK. It's kind of, I guess, like a sitcom, a 30-minute comedy about a city with superheroes. (laughs) And it's hilarious. It's definitely adult humor. It's very vulgar. There's a lot of sexual jokes. There's a lot of cursing. Okay. So don't watch this with the kids. No, but it's hilarious. Or with your grandma if she would get offended. Absolutely hilarious. In a way, it's kind of like Friends because it's basically surrounds these four heroes, mm. these four capes, as they refer to themselves, <laughs> who like to hang out in this one bar. The bars, I think it's called the Fortress. And the bar is everybody wears regular clothes in the bar mm. and it's no powers, no... You know, this is like kind of like the safe zone. So where you get to be a normal person and just speak to your peers. So there's these four heroes that just kind of hang out in this bar and chit chat. And then they run off and do heroic things now and then. And so one of them, she controls uh, electronics and kind of shows her like walking up to an ATM and saying something to it. It spits a bunch of money out and, and uh there's the hotness as fire control (laughs) and he's the very whiny gets no respect Mm. um and then there's like this one guy who's like the most famous hero in the city and of course he's a jerk and real conceited and Mm -hmm. totally messes with the hotness and of course the hotness basically wants to be him Mm -hmm. and he always walks up what's up hot pocket or hot pants or (laughs) (laughs) it's the hotness and there's Time Bomb who can see 60 seconds into the future. 
which is actually they use it in a lot of very interesting ways. <laughs> and another, oh, I don't remember her name, but she's the fourth strongest woman. Fourth. <laughs> which is still extremely strong. You oh, know, yeah. She can pick up cars and pick up anything. Mm -hmm. um, she Force, I think is her name. But anyway, it's a really, really funny show. If you get a chance to see it, it shows in the UK... I believe the first season or first series is probably over. There's six episodes, and I don't know if it's going more than six, if it's just supposed to be six, or if it's supposed to be 12. I'm not sure. It's on uh, ITV2, I think. Here you've got ITV. ITV's the company, because at first I thought it was BBC. I didn't realize that the UK had other networks. I thought it was all BBC, but apparently ITV is the UK's largest commercial television network so apparently they do have other companies and but you can watch it on youtube of course <laughs> or hop on the BitTorrent airlines and zoom across virtually and get the full quality hd download episodes well worth finding very funny stuff Awesome. I haven't seen it yet. He wanted me to watch it before we talked about it. And I was like, no, must record now. <laughs> well, certainly not all six, but. I didn't want to take that the 30 minutes. That would be silly. <laughs> Let's not be silly. I didn't want to take the time to do it. I wanted to get down here yeah. and get to recording. <laughs> now, before we get into the feedback, I did want to talk about something that has occurred with one of our listeners mm -hmm. and someone that's, you know, been one of the folks that interacts with us a lot. He, mm -hmm. uh, this is center saint for those of you that frequents the city of heroes forums or our own COH podcast forums, then you probably know what's going on with him already. Well, two things, actually, let me start out. Um, the first thing was that he was featured in the newest city scoop base showcase feature and I suggest that you check it out if you haven't already. It's got screenshots yeah. of his base, which we actually are in coalition with on Guardian's server. Mm -hmm. um, Center Saints uh, was one of the people that was nice enough to coalition with us and gave us access to telepads and stuff like that when we had none. <laughs> so we're <laughs> very grateful for that. Um, but um, in, in bigger news with him... He's got a 10-month-old daughter, beautiful little girl that is needing prayers. And if you don't do prayers, then maybe you could send some positive thoughts or vibes her way. Mm -hmm. And I do want to thank Mental Maiden for sharing this with me from the official City of Heroes boards because I hadn't caught it. He had posted there and with what's going on, hadn't posted to our forums yet. Mm -hmm. So I pulled the information over to our forums and here's basically what it is. Um... He and his wife took their 10-month-old daughter to the pediatrician because she had a black eye that was not going away. It wasn't a big shiner by any means, but it was not going away. The doctor starts ordering full-body x-rays and CAT scans, says he's worried that she may have fractured her eye socket. Mm. The doctor in the emergency room decides that a CAT scan would expose her to more radiation than a fracture to her eye socket would warrant. The next day, they brought her in for a follow-up and... While there, the wife, his wife called to tell him that the doctors have been calling her cell phone and the house phone, wanting them to bring her back right away. 
the doctor wants to again run the CAT scan. I've, and I'm reading this from Center Saints post. I figure they're looking for any sign of abuse since I did bring in my baby with a shiner, but no, I'm very wrong. The x-rays came back clean, nothing to show. The CAT scan came back showing a 10 centimeter mass attached to her adrenal gland. Mm. She was immediately, now this is a 10 month old baby girl. She was immediately admitted to the hospital and a slew of tests were ordered among them an MRI. According to the MRI, my baby not only has the 10 centimeter mass, she also has lesions on both her liver and on her bone marrow. The doctors say my 10-month-old baby girl has, has cancer. It is called neuroblastoma, and the black eye was the tumor spreading through her bones to her eye socket, mm. causing the bones to slightly misform and place pressure to the socket, from what he understands. He says, and this was... Um, before the 21st, I don't have the exact date on this post, this first one. He says, my wife and I have been at the hospital all week. Today, they took her into surgery and biopsied both the tumor mass and the bone marrow and also installed a type of shunt with two tubes coming out of her chest, one to take blood for tests, the other to give medicine and chemo. Mm. And then says, since we won't have any additional news until the biopsy results come back in three to five days and the surgery went well, we are now switching days at the hospital between us. One stays there and the other stays at home with the boys. Unsocial bastard that I am, all my friends seem to be in gamers here. So here I am asking my friends for any prayers and positive thoughts, energy, anything. Because mm. every little bit helps. Thanks. And then we've got an update on October 21st where he says, Hey gang, I really appreciate all the responses. You are all truly awesome. I got to the hospital with both boys in tow. They have two sons also. Mm -hmm. Around 6 p.m. Anna, my daughter, slept for over 24 hours after her surgery. I don't know if it was because she heard the boys in my voices or what, but she woke up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I held her in my lap while she watched her brothers. The wife said that was the most awake she had been since the surgery. My wife also said the docs came by, came in to tell her the results of the bone marrow biopsy were clear of cancer as far as they could see, but they are sending the sample to an independent lab in New York that has better equipment, just in case they miss something, or it's too small for their equipment here to see. She's a fighter through and through. As I sit here to type this, I'm watching her sleep. She's such a little angel. Mm. Then we have another post where he says, man, oh wait, no, this was from the forums. I had been posting his updates into the forums and then he came into the forums and saw we'd been talking about it because people instantly, our listeners are so amazing. They instantly start, you know, posting, mm -hmm. you know, prayers are with you and all of my best and all that stuff. Let us know if there's anything we can do. Yeah. So Center Saint came in and said, man, you guys are so great. Thank you so much. Rather than type today's update twice, I copied and pasted it here. I hope you all don't mind. Again, thank you so very much, SS. And then here's what he added in. Hello, all. As you guys know, last night was my turn at the hospital. This morning, once the nurses left after getting her vitals and whatnot, she seemed to be in a really good mood. She was all smiles for some reason. She doesn't like it when I wear a hat. Or maybe she does. Mm. Because she usually reaches up to take it from me the first chance she gets. <laughs> so today we spent time with her taking my hat and playing peekaboo with it. 
We walked the floor in the pediatric ward and she waved to the nurses when she felt like it. She had another test today that has a name consisting of a group of letters I can't remember at this moment. <sighs> it has an I, M, and a B in it, but I left my paperwork at the hospital for the wife to read tonight. Good news. The doc came to the room to let us know that since we won't be getting the test results from the tumor biopsy and today's test until next week, we should be able to bring Anna home until they do come in. The wife and I can't wait. I was ready to start loading the car right then. <laughs> Thank you all for the well wishes. They seem to be helping so much. I can't tell you how much I appreciate them. Thank you all so much. And then on the 25th, we were able to bring her home on Friday. I was very excited. We have no plans to do anything, just giving her four days of no shots, peace and quiet. Thank you all for the thoughts and prayers. We really, really appreciate them. And then on the 27th, the hospital called and we set up a meeting with the oncologist and his team of docs, surgeons, etc. at 2 p.m. today. I got to tell you, I'm terrified. This is where we find out good news or bad news and treatment options. Please send along a booster of positive thoughts, prayers, energy, anything. Mm. Thanks again to everyone. You've been great. Then he comes and says, great news. Well, all things considered, it is great. Anna's results came back and it puts her at stage four. Mm. Neuro wow. Neuroblastoma, intermediate risk, which means to us that she should only need chemo for about three months. And the docs are hoping that that will do the job and get rid of the tumor. The second tumor in her eye should be the first thing that goes away, followed by the lesions on her liver. She will receive the chemo in four stages, broken down into three, five day three to five day stays at the hospital. The first stage begins tomorrow. She will be admitted, receive the first chemo dose, and receive more chemo each day of the stay with the docs monitoring the tumor's reaction to the chemo, her heart, hearing, liver, and kidney functions, and everything else that needs monitoring. Then we will bring her back to the hospital in 21 days because her white blood cells need to replenish. She will be given a blood test, and if they have replenished, she will begin the next stage. If not, she will come back in a week for another blood test. This will be repeated four times, and if all goes according to plan, the chemo will have done its job and she will be cancer-free. However, if the tumor does not respond to the chemo, the docs will need to decide on whether she needs any bone marrow, stem cell, or platelet transplants, surgery, or additional rounds of chemo, or all of the above. So thanks again to Guardian and the COH podcast crews. All those positive energies are doing their job, and I can't thank you enough. Please keep all those prayers, thoughts, and energies flowing. It helps so much. Thanks, Sinner Saint. And I have to say, because there's another update, but I have to pause and say that um, stage four is at least my mother's cancer. Mm -hmm. Stage four was the worst core, worst stage. There's no stage five. I don't know if it's the same for neuroblastoma, but I'm... I can't imagine that they would have a different staging system for every cancer. So, guys, prayers. The pediatric cancers. Prayers, prayers, prayers. Positive light, white energy, whatever. Send it. Send it. Mm. <laughs> and on Halloween, Center Saint posted again for the last time that I've got in here. I haven't gone to the main forums, but I haven't seen anything in our forums either. He says, hello all. Anna came home yesterday following the first stage of chemo. I would have written this then, but was too tired for the thoughtful typing. She seems to be doing pretty good. The docs say her blood levels before we left were on the low side, but still within a good range. 
She looks to have a slight loss of appetite, but we're hoping it gets better the longer she's at home. She's definitely eating more than she was at the hospital, but she was on an IV as well as having formula. She's picking right back up from where she left off developmentally. The day before she was admitted for all of this, she had just started waving. Mm. Yesterday, she started clapping, sitting up on her own. She probably would have done this sooner, but other than being picked up and carried, she's pretty much been bedridden with so many tubes and cables sticking out of her. The boys have come to call her Cyborg Anna. (laughs) (laughs) Due to the nature of the chemo, we need to take her temperature twice a day to watch out for any fever. A low-grade fever could be life-threatening for her. And she will need to see the oncologist twice a week every week to monitor her blood counts. My wife is going to be giving her the daily shot to keep her white blood cell count up. And then in parentheses says, my poor wife, I can't even stand to see someone on the TV getting a shot. Meanwhile, she watches CSI just for the gory spots, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Since one of the side effects of the chemo is a high susceptibility to infection and just about everything else, Anna will be missing out on the holidays. Her mom and I will be trading off who takes the boys to the family events based on whose family it is. Tonight, the boys will be going with mom to their aunt's house for trick-or-treating. Normally, I try not to have photos of my kids on the internet ever, but I thought I would share a picture of Anna at home following her first round of chemo. And let me tell y'all, she is the cutest little thing. (laughs) (laughs) She's so cute. And you can see the little black the little shadow the Mm -hmm. little black eye the little shiner she has and she's so beautiful it's just ah he (laughs) continues on the main reason i'm sharing this picture is to show her black eye normally in neuroblastoma it shows as two good sized black eyes notice that she only has one black eye and that it isn't that large at all we waited four weeks to have it looked at due to fading and coming back Please, if your child has a black eye that doesn't seem to go away after two weeks, have them seen by their doctor and mention neuroblastoma. Not every doctor sees it in their career. I hope I did that right. (laughs) Thanks Mm -hmm. as always, Sinner Saint. And I'm going to put a link to remind me. I don't know if I did it in my show notes already i want to put a link to our thread on the forums with Mm -hmm. the picture link she is just the cutest thing and she's surrounded by all these stuffed animals (laughs) and she's just so sweet and she does she just has this little shading under one of her eyes and it doesn't look like anything yeah you would never imagine that the sweet little baby girl is going through all this just from that little i i would have never suspected anything like that yeah oh no way so you know thank God, they were on top of their game and said, you know what? It has been a while. It's time to get her in and see what's going on. Mm -hmm. So you've definitely got my prayers and everything else (laughs) because I'm, I really feel for you guys. And I hope that she has a wonderfully calm and, you know, uneventful Thanksgiving and Christmas (laughs) this year and next year and for... 90 years after that. I wonder if... I know different types of cancers do different things, but I wonder if the boys have to get any kind of blood tests or anything. It's like genetic. Yeah. 
the thing's scary all the way around, but it, it has to be scary for their brothers. You yeah. Know? If this Seeing can her happen go to her. That and, yeah. Mm. Well, we'll be praying for it. Absolutely. So let's take a little break here before we do the main feature. I need a minute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Right, right, the windshield. Look, uh, Finchie's happy to pay for that. Hell, I'll even pay for it. We'll both pay for it. How much do you want? Okay. Is this one of those things where you say blood and I say a hundred bucks and we wind up meeting in the middle, you know, like 500? Guess not. Coming soon from the Shanaki. This brings us to our main feature for the episode, which is part three of the IO set. Spotlights. Awesome. This installment will focus on accuracy bonuses, damage bonuses, boosting endurance, boosting health, and as an odd addition, set IOs that offer debt protection. Cool. Like the last one, well, like all of them, I'm going to put the actual text in the show notes. And I'm not going to read every IO that that was compiled in the list that Pat found because some of them don't have very high percentages at all. So I'm just going to read the top percentages, but there's a lot of them. And since, you know, that can kind of go on and on and on. And it's really difficult to pick up on audio form. Anyways, you will have a nice textual reference. So those of you that are interested, just go to the site and you'll find them. As usual, he ordered these sets from lowest number of pieces required to the highest. So some of them, you know, may be a six-piece set, but you only get the applicable bonuses with the first three pieces, so you don't need to get the whole set. Gotcha. First up is accuracy. Accuracy is an attribute that pretty much everyone understands, even if they don't have the actual to-hit calculation memorized. As a frame of reference... An even-level accuracy SO grants a 33% benefit. And by even, that means if you're a level 33 mm-hmm. and your SO is a level 33. Right. The same level, not an even-numbered one. Oh, right, right. <laughs> I, I had to think about that for a minute. <laughs> Except for two of the following sets, to get an accuracy bonus requires four pieces of an IO set and a power, which makes... Accuracy more expensive than the attributes earlier discussed. Since the more pieces you need for a set, the more likely you will run into set piece shortages or high prices for the recipe or salvage. Accuracy bonus sets requiring only two IOs include... uh, You can slot in defensive buff powers, exploited vulnerability, which gives a plus 3% of accuracy. 
two pieces required out of a three-piece set. Accuracy bonus set requiring only three, there's one that is a two-hit debuff set called Deflated Ego, which also gives plus 3% accuracy. Requires three out of three, requires a full set. Accuracy bonus sets requiring four IOs include, there's a bunch of them, it's a slot and a melee power. There's Crushing Impact, which gives a 7% accuracy boost. Point Blank AoE, Shiraku's Dervish gives 9%. Ranged Thunder Strike gives 7%. Targeted AoE, Positron's Blast gives 9%. Under Defense, Luck of the Gambler gives a 9% boost. For Slow Powers, Pacing of the Turtle gives 9%. Under Mobilize, Trap of the Hunter gives 9%. For Hold, Neuronic Shutdown gives 7%. Under Fear, Glimpse of the Abyss gives 9%. For To Hit Buff, Adjusted Targeting gives 9%. Finally, under Defense Debuff, Undermined Defense gives a 7% boost. The following require 4 IOs and are the unique level 50 purple sets. Therefore, they're very expensive and can't be used more than once per character. Mm. These all give a 15% accuracy bonus. Nami. Under melee, there's Hecatome. Point blank AoE, Armageddon. <laughs> Targeted AoE, Ragnarok. Sleep, Fortunata, Hypnosis. Under Immobilize, Gravitational Anchor. Under Hold, Unbreakable Constraint. And under Stun, Absolute Amazement. And those are all 15%? All 15%, yes. Awesome. The good news, even though you have to invest four slots, there are enough power groups that accept plus accuracy bonus set IOs, and the percentages are in general high enough that getting plus 20% accuracy on all attacks is relatively easy. Mm. I wouldn't recommend changing your slotting strategy to stop slotting accuracy SOs or IOs and compensating with bonuses, especially since bonuses aren't guaranteed to be there if you exemplar down. But having plus accuracy in general is nice, especially when fighting enemies that debuff your overall chance to hit, like spectrals or vampires. Nice. Excellent. For damage bonus sets... Pat writes, okay, everyone loves damage. <laughs> well, all the cool kids do. And damage bonuses are pretty handily available in the form of inspirations, inherents, buffs, etc. Mm. So people may not be sweating using IOs to pump up the damage. But it is nice to break the enhancement diversification dampeners on damage. Or beef up the damage of a power that is sacrificing a damage SO or IO for some other effect which is not unreasonable with high-end IOs, which get close to ED norms with only two IOs instead of three SOs. Hmm. Damage bonus sets requiring only two IOs include under knockback, explosive strike gives 1.5% damage, needs two of the available three. Under to hit buff, adjusted targeting gives plus 2%. There's two under the to-hit debuff. Deflated Ego gives 1.5%, and Dampened Spirits gives 2%.
Under defense debuff, Achilles heal gives one and a half percent. Another defense debuff is undermined defenses gives two percent damage boost. I've got one damage bonus set requiring three IOs listed, which is a to hit buff called encouraged accuracy. It gives a one and a half percent damage, in which you need three out of three. It's a complete set. Damage bonus sets requiring four IOs include two under melee are Touch of Death, 2.5%, and Mako's Bites, 3%. Under Ranged, Devastation gives a 3% boost. Sniper's Sting of the Manticore gives 3%, and our Confuse Malaise's Illusions gives 2.5%. Level 50 Purple Sets requiring 4 IOs include Ranged Apocalypse gives a 4% damage, Pet Soulbound Allegiance gives 4%, and our Confused Coercive Persuasion gives 4%. There are some damage bonus sets that require 5 IOs that include Knockback, Force Feedback, 2.5%, uh, 2 Endurance Modifications, Efficacy Adapters, 2.5%, and Performance Shifters, 2.5%, and to hit buff, Gaussian's Synchronized Fire Controls, 2.5%. It doesn't seem like you can rack up huge plus damage percent, but 10 to 15% damage seems pretty easy to reach. Hmm. Every little bit helps when you're up against the Navy, too. <laughs> For endurance. Endurance is another thing that everyone pretty much learns fast that you must have. Mm -hmm. Except for regen scrappers. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the game offers several forms of endurance breaks, and IOSET bonuses is another tool to help manage endurance. Simply, the more endurance you have not only increases the overall pool of endurance you can use, but also the rate at which it comes back. Two great tastes that taste great together. <laughs> or whatever. Enough talk. Action! <laughs> which is hard to do without endurance. For comparison's sake, the Atlas Medallion and Portal Jockey Accolades both offer plus 5% endurance. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know you won't see percentage in the descriptions. At least I think you won't. To talk more about this would get into a long talk on changes in endurance over the years, and I'm not sure I'm qualified to get all the facts correct here. Entertain me and accept for now that... Atlas Medallion and Portal Jockey offer plus 5% endurance for comparison to bonuses below. If I'm wrong, that could be a great seed for a feature on endurance in general. <laughs> <laughs> what we've seen is that you only ever get 100 points of endurance, period. Unlike health po hit points, right. it doesn't increase as you level. You have 100 at level 1, you have 100 at level 50. The rate at which you earn it back increases... But you only ever get 100 unless you get these accolades, which give you five plus more. five points, which so is a 5%. It is if you're going from 100 to 105. But when you uh -huh. add that second one, uh -huh. you're now 105. So it'd be 5% of 105. Ooh. So we'd be dealing with decimals. And nobody wants to deal with decimals. <laughs> but a list is at a point, not percentages. But uh, mm -hmm. it's close enough. Yeah. And yeah, since you're writing the IOS thing and not the endurance thing... We'll, we'll give you a pass on that one. <laughs> That's how we understand it anyways. Endurance bonus at requiring two IOs. Taunt has mocking beratement. <laughs> I like the name of that. Is one and a half percent endurance. New tune. Yeah. <laughs> Sets that require three IOs. 
The hit debuff dampened spirits is one and a half percent endurance. Defense debuff undermined defenses gives one point eight percent. That undermined defenses. I mean, so far it's hit all of them. Mm-hmm. The endurance, the damage, and accuracy. That's one to look for. Mm-hmm. Oh, great! Now all the prices are going to go up. Thanks, honey. <laughs> yeah, because I have that kind of power. Well, everybody will be looking for it now. <laughs> Endurance bonus sets requiring four IOs include a couple ranged and Tropic Chaos, 2.25% endurance. You need four out of the five for that set. And ranged also Decimation, 2.25. Under Pets, Commanding Presence gives 1.35. Resist, Impervium Armor gives 2.25. Under Defense, Gift of the Ancients gives 1.8. Under Sleep, Call of the Sandman gives 2.25%. Under Hold, Ghost Widow's Embrace gives 2.25%. The percentages are not huge. There aren't a lot of Endurance contributing sets. And since many bonuses are the same value, you probably can't rack up too high a bonus. But it looks like you could score higher than 5%, which is at the accolade level. Nice. By my count, there are 56 IO sets that offer plus health. Wow. Yes, the percentages are small, but if you want to boost health, you have a lot of options to choose from. A lot in the three IO range, which could allow all kinds of Franken-slotting. And remember, plus health not only equals more hit points, but it improves the rate at which you gain hit, hit points back. By way of comparison, the Freedom Phalanx Accolade offers plus 10% health. Portal Jockey and Task Force Commander each offer plus 5% to hit points. Health bonus sets requiring two IOs include Endurance Modification Efficacy Adapter, 1.13%. To hit Debuff, Dark Watcher's Despair, 1.5%. Defense Debuff, Touch of Lady Grey gives 1.5%. And some health bonus sets requiring three IOs include ranged, devastation, 2.25%, two under healing, miracle gives 1.88, and Numina's convalescence gives 1.88. Under sleep, call of the Sandman gives 1.88, immobilizes, trap of the hunter gives 1.88, under hold, ghost widow's embrace gives 1.88, fear, glimpse of the abyss gives 1.88, Stuns Stupefy gives 1.88. It's a popular number, apparently. <laughs> Endurance Modification Performance Shifter gives 1.88. The Hit Buff Gaussian Sync Fire Control gives 1.88. Purple Unique Level 50 sets that require only three. Include Ranged Apocalypse gives 3% health. And Pets Soulbound Allegiance gives 3% health. Under Debt Protection... No one wants debt, except for debt badgers or people who want to have slower leveling (laughs) so as not to outpace content. Ah, but we now have the button. Thanks to I-13. We're going to find that button. button. Thanks to I-13. Yes, you'll be able to stop all XP gain. But I'm not sure if people really worry about minimizing potential debt via IO set bonuses. The majority of sets that offer debt protection require an investment of four IOs in a set, Mm -hmm. which seems steep 
when I might rather slot something that would increase my chance even marginally of not being defeated at all. Still, here are the sets. Dead protection bonus sets that require two IOs include Defense Karma, gives 1.5% debt protection. That's two out of three pieces for the set. To hit buff, Encouraged Accuracy gives 1.5% debt protection. It's also two out of three. Then we skip straight to debt protection bonus sets that require four IOs. Melee Focused Smite gives 1.5%. Sniper Executioner's Contract gives 2.5%. Resist Damage Impervious Skin gives 2%. Resist Damage Aegis gives 2.5%. Defense Kismet gives 1.5% Debt Protection. Under Sleep, Induced Coma gives 2% Debt Protection. Under Immobilize, Debilitative Action gives 2%. Under Fear, Unspeakable Terror gives 1.5% of Debt Protection. Again, not a giant amount of sets or high percentages. It might be worth it in the long run if you're insanely brave, unlucky, or playing a beloved concept build that just has some gaping weaknesses. I might have a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this third installment. The next will be the final grouping of IOs by benefit. The next category will be all the damage resistance and defense bonus status effects. Lots of good info there. Yes, thanks again, Pat. Awesome. Good info. Yes, thank you. And you will be able to find the text link where, choo-choo-choo-choo-choo? Why? In the show notes. I don't have them in the show notes. You going to put them in the show notes? I will. Awesome. Bonus. Let's work for me. Hello, this is Cthulhu from the internet video show Calls for Cthulhu, and you're listening to the City of Heroes podcast. You know, in my experience, heroes are just like ordinary people. Except it's harder to peel them out of those spandex suits before you eat them. Brings us to feedback. Nice. This round we have no voicemail. No voicemail for you. We do, however, have recorded character bios. Awesome. <laughs> Kurt was kind enough to send us four character bios. Nice. And I planned on playing one per episode, and we'll see how that goes. First one up is Cheshire Kate. Tonight on Paragon Profiles, Cheshire Kate, Mutation, Controller. <laughs> Catherine Chesser was a very promising genetic student at Paragon University, where she had a full scholarship. Her parents back in Iowa were so proud of her, and the internship at Cray Industries was just icing on the cake. However, when a lost raid on the level 4 containment lab exposed Catherine to mutated feline DNA that was being used in a brain tumor vaccine experiment, it mutated her into a person now known as Cheshire Kate. 
While Cray is aware of the physical changes to Kate, she hadn't informed them of her mental abilities prior to her departure from their employ. Her parents have suggested she remain in Paragon City to continue her studies, though even over the phone, she knows what they really meant. Very well done. Great job. Yes. Sounds good. Chooch. Yeah. Can we just play the other ones? I want to hear the others too. Yeah, why not? We don't have any voicemails. Cool. <laughs> Next up is. Yeah, I'm just going to let him say it. Tonight on Paragon Profiles, Enik Nabagnatha, Mutation Control. Enik Nabagnatha came to Earth to try to find the secret to their ability to hold off the Rikti invasion force. His planet is sure to be invaded by them soon and a plan was devised to use a gravity well displacement technology to send Enik the 23 light years to that depressingly moist blue-green orb. A process which has mutated Enik and given him the ability to shape gravitational fields. Unfortunately, his people have very little practical knowledge of Earth culture, and even less about the nest of colors and activities known as Paragon City, the very area that Enik now has to infiltrate and study if he is to succeed. Thus, he must use his wits and anthropological training to guide him. Having just arrived in the city, he has cleverly disguised himself as a common citizen to blend into the background using some discarded, but apparently functional, wrappings and study these fascinating creatures and their methods, no matter how bizarre they may seem to him. Awesome. So, how do you spell that? <laughs> it's E-N-E-K... N apostrophe B O G G N A T H A. I'm really glad I didn't have to sound that out myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's very creative. Yep. Next up is excremental. <laughs> <laughs> Must be a villain. From the Paragon Police Department files. Excremental. Mutation. Brute. Hank Moore was employed by the Paragon City Department of Public Works in the Underground Facilities Department. In other words, he worked in the sewers. He didn't mind it too much. Good pay, great benefits, and nobody bothered him while he was working. One day he was under King's Row trying to track down the reason for a sewer backup into local businesses. He found a clogged valve and called for a cleanup crew while he tried to get it unstuck. As fate would have it, as Hank was elbow deep in... Uh, his work, a running battle between the Circle of Thorns and a team of heroes came through the section he was working in. The residual magic from the intense battle caused a merger between Hank and the nearby human waste, turning him into... the excremental. Since he had no place in normal society, Hank came to the Rogue Isles looking to make his... uh... mark. He hopes to get revenge both on the Circle and the heroes that gave not a thought to the bystander they helped transform. (laughs) (laughs) 
Poor guy. When I heard the name, I was wondering how he was going to handle that. Very well done. Talk about getting into your job. Gross. Gross. That's and funny. Finally, we have Mistress Oak. Tonight on Paragon Profiles, Mistress Oak, Magic, Tanker. Some ask if a tree falls and no one is there to hear it, does it make a sound? Perhaps it would be better to ask what the tree is thinking on the way down. Mistress Oak is a byproduct of a massive magical battle in Croatoa between the local witches and a magical hero group called simply the Mystics. Being the actual tree that was at the top of the hill they battled around, she drew stray magic like a lightning rod. The transformation was not immediate, and neither the heroes nor the defeated witches knew what happened. Having no one to guide her, Mistress Oak has tried to restore nature's order where she can, and is fascinated by her new sentience and mobility, not to mention the sights and sounds of Paragon City. Very nice. Excellent. And unless I'm mistaken, Mistress Oak is the one that's in the podcast SG, right? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Nicely produced. Very good job. And you definitely get like the... The feel of the area with the background music he used. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Thanks for that. Continuing on with feedback, this time this was a private message that I got on our forums from Mm -hmm. Captain Patriot. This was sent to me on October 15th, and the subject is a feature for issue 13 I don't think was mentioned. Mm. It reads, when I tried to log in to the test server, I noted that there was a save and load button in the character slash costume generator. Ooh. And then even linked to proof, like a capture. Costume files are saved locally into your hard drive and can be shared with others. For those of us that like to use the costume generator for making costumes for their pen and paper RPG characters... Or those in SGs that have common uniforms, I think this feature will find a lot of use. Please note that costumes cannot be loaded cross-gender slash cross-size, i.e. between male, female, and huge. And this is with um, Archie. This is from Archie, Captain Patriot on the forums. And then I actually did write him back and I said, oh, that's really great information. I hadn't seen anything about that. Do you mind if I you know, give this out with your name. And Mm -hmm. he was fine with giving, he thought it would be a kick to get some credit and contribute to the community. So, (laughs) and he stresses, I'm not in closed beta, so anyone should be able to see it. So he wasn't giving away a closed beta secret. It was something that's on the load screen. Uh Also, he says, in addition, you can also see the new shield and pain power sets when you create the characters. I'll be listening. Have a nice day. Archie. Ah, that's very cool. So thank you for that. That wasn't anything that I had seen. It may be in the patch notes. Mm-hmm. I haven't been over the patch notes with a fine-tooth comb because, again, test. Yeah. It's really cool because sometimes when I go to re-roll a character mm-hmm. and I'll delete the old one and then create the new one and it mm-hmm. gives me the default 
thing and I got to remember what was I wearing? Yeah, How did that, that go? And yeah. That's really cool to be able to have templates like that. Mm-hmm. We'll have to play with that. Under received via email. We've got a couple here. First up from Criswell. Hi, Criswell. Who writes, let's go back to our previous hypothetical character, the Bride of Criswell, a member of a hypothetical supergroup with a logo of a big white star ringed by a ring of small blue stars, which hypothetically change color with holidays. (laughs) (laughs) The Bride of Criswell is the kind of character that dies a lot and so accumulates a lot of debt. How does this impact the supergroup? Does the group also receive a prestige penalty from debt? Criswell needs to know. P.S. Any info on when day jobs will hit the test server? So, the answer is? Last week. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Since we're behind on email, yes, Mm -hmm. they're already on the test server. Go forth, conquer, work a day job. (laughs) Or basically, go move all the characters you never play to places where they will earn benefits, because that's the key. (laughs) And your debt does not in any way affect your SG. Mm -mm. It just doesn't gain them anything. But it doesn't take anything away. There's no prestige debt. That's a personal issue. Right. (laughs) So she can go ahead and be defeated all she wants. She's not holding anybody back unless you enter a pact. Mm -hmm. (laughs) From Fantastic Foe. Hey, Chooch and Viv, I'm halfway through your Feedback of Palooza podcast <laughs> and thought I'd comment briefly on Criswell's 10 emails. Criswell mentioned difficulties or an aversion to grouping, and you guys gave some great advice. I'd like to run with some of what you guys said and possibly offer some counterpoints. Go for it. My man Criswell mentioned a preference for scrappers or masterminds for soloing. And of course, those are great solo classes since scrappers mm. are very survivable solo. Right. Sometimes more so than in groups. Yeah. True. I agree. And solo masterminds can make mistakes in buffing their pets without the pets mocking them, blaming them, or kicking them from the team. <laughs> <laughs> good point. I was thinking that the tanker archetype is also good soloing. And as that thought was in my head, Viv mentioned her brute. And Chooch mentioned, after predicting flames, that brutes are tankers done right. Ooh. Gah! Flame on! (laughs) (laughs) Relax, I come in peace. But how could I resist such an opening? (laughs) Brutes are good soloists, like scrappers are good soloists, but have offenses primary, defenses secondary. So if anything... Brutes are scrappers done differently. Oh. My big reaction when Chooch said brutes are tankers done right was, what? Now, I've not listened to every podcast, but when discussing tanker roles, Chooch typically mentions that a good tank, besides being dripping with taunt, should max on defenses and not really worry about being offensive. I am from a different camp that believes tanks do need to survive combat And part of that is being able to efficiently defeat the opponents, so some slotting and emphasis must go to attacks. If I'm way off base, feel free to say so. I mean, you know ill will, nor will I invest much personal stake into proving my point. Anyway. I I don't think that there's 
I mean, it's an, it's an opinion, you mm-hmm. know, it's a play style thing. So. Right. Well, he's right. And I always have said that, that, yeah, I do focus on defense. I'm very aware of your role. Well, I'm kind of a purist mm-hmm. in that sense for mm-hmm. those roles. And he goes on to talking about some other specific okay. things with specific tanker builds, which I had never really thought of before that make a lot of sense. Anyway, if tankers are wrong now, is Tooch saying that tanks should have less defense and more offense like brutes, therefore like scrappers? Just curious. And really what the comment was is that coming from other games, brutes are more what people expect a tank to be. Okay. So it was a general MMO comment, not a COH specific comment. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like I said, I do primarily play defensive tanks and take the purest role where my only job is to hold the aggro, to take all of the damage, to be greedy and take all of the pain and keep everybody else safe. Gotcha. That's just my tank style. But as I read on here, you'll see I may have to change that a bit. Back to Criswell and his aversion to teaming after bad experiences of being blamed by a team in WoW. I'd recommend everyone who is team shy to try to get on a smaller team at first. Larger teams tend to generate heavy numbers of enemies, and that's when team roles work gets best. Smaller teams can be a bit more flexible in team makeup and tactics. I myself am not a big believer in roles as I've seen 8-man teams of all stripes take on lots of tough missions and do well. I only say that primarily because there often seems to be a formula people are trying to adhere to in building a team, and I'm somewhat wary of a group think we must have one tank, X damage dealers, Y support of this particular breakdown. Back to advice to Criswell. At one point you mentioned that tanks dislike controllers dropping a mez before the tank does his or her thing. I've never known that to be the case, but as I'm not a herding tank, I rarely worry about the overall mobility of an enemy group. In particular, my fire tank, Furious Foe, can't have enough controllers on the team, so I can drop a burn patch as often as I can. Any opponent still mobile after the controllers do their holds will get personal attention Mm -hmm. while their immobilized allies fry and fry again. Now this goes to my defensive tank going with the particular, like, the rock set where you move very slow. Mm. <laughs> so I like everything to come to me because mm. I'm lazy. <laughs> I could go on and on about the tanking spectrum, how stone tanks are at one end of the spectrum on high defenses, relatively low damage, and fire tanks are on the other end with lower overall defenses for a tank, but really good damage. Stone and fire play very differently. With fire tanks must deal as much damage as possible to survive since they can't take too much damage all at once. Hmm. Just like a scrapper or a brute. So perhaps fire tanks are tanks done right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm done. Pat, a.k.a. Fantastic Foe, Tank Advocate. (laughs) (laughs) So that's something I never really thought of. The best defense is a good offense. Mm -hmm. If you take everything down as quickly as possible, then... You don't need all the defenses. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably one of the best tanks I've ever teamed with 
He had fire. Mm-hmm. Although I think he was in vulnerability, wasn't he? I think he was in vulnerability fire. I don't know. He moved so fast I couldn't keep up with what he was. <laughs> I mean, he was like grease lighting, man. He was gone. And he, yeah, he took people out just mm-hmm. mucho fasto. Mm-hmm. Uh, excellent, excellent points. Very true. I agree. And I feel so strong with my tanker right now, my willpower tanker. Mm-hmm. I don't see any need to slot any more defense on her. Of course, as I level up, I'll increase what I've got, but I don't take a lot of damage on her. So that was yeah. kind of my thinking, was focus more on attacks in the future. Yeah. This podcast, its hosts, and websites are not in any way affiliated with NCSoft, Cryptic Studios, or City of Heroes. All views expressed are solely of the hosts and their guests. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike License, which is explained in detail at cohpodcast.com. Good hunting, heroes.